Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the new season of Coffee with the Queen. I'm Nicole. And I'm Cindy. This week, Cindy took to the street and is going to share with us everything that she learned about people's idea or perception of their knowledge of coffee. So, Cindy, you can take it from here. I'm going to be surprised by all of this. I have not heard anything. It's quite interesting, and I thought it would be interesting to take it to the people and ask some coffee drinkers their thoughts on some coffee facts, terms, and general coffee lingo. And I was fortunate enough to find five wonderful volunteers. I thought we could get to know them a bit and their relationship to coffee by asking them some questions. And then when we hear their responses, perhaps we could impart some of our knowledge or maybe even clear up some common misconceptions. So... Are you ready to meet our wonderful volunteers? I am. Why don't you introduce yourself? Your first name is fine. My name's Maria. Hi, my name is Nicole or Nikki. That's fine, too. Hi, my name is Andrew. I'm Fayad. Okay, I'm Phil from Cleveland. I'm just going to ask you a few questions about your experience as a coffee drinker. Do you consider yourself a coffee enjoyer? That's somebody that's not really knowledgeable about coffee, but you love it. A coffee fan. That's somebody who knows some stuff about coffee, but not an expert. Or a coffee aficionado. You absorb as much coffee info as possible, and then you apply it to how you enjoy your favorite drink. I would say probably the first one, coffee enjoyer. I am a coffee enjoyer. Okay, so you're not really that knowledgeable about coffee, but you love to have a cup of coffee. Um, I think I'm a coffee fan. I'd say fan. Like middle person, like you know some stuff. Yeah, I know some stuff about coffee. I would certainly say the aficionado. I am a coffee geek. I okay, keep, that's great. I, I keep all of the leaflets that I get with the coffee. That way I can make sure to keep the tasting notes and you know, I, I kind of build my tasting profile. So we have our five people. So we have two people that consider themselves sort of novices, two people that think they have some knowledge, and then one person who feels like he knows a lot about coffee. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to continue now. So how much coffee do you drink in a day? Two to three cups. Typically, uh, one, it ends up being about like 14 ounces in the morning. It's a little bit more than a cup. Okay, and you don't have coffee after that? Not usually, no. So those are our two novices who drink about two cups of coffee a day. So the next is our two middle-of-the-road drinkers. Okay. Uh, I drink at least two cups a day, sometimes up to four. Mm, I try to limit myself to two cups a day. So generally, people are like two cups a day. Okay. Here comes our aficionado. I'm embarrassed to say it's probably close to a pot a day. Do you have a favorite coffee? I would say no, I do not have a favorite coffee. Not, no, I like uh, flavored. You like flavored, that's great. Yes. So those are our two novice drinkers. Novices. Yeah, okay. and one of them is a flavored drinker. Type of coffee, yeah, I do prefer a darker roast, like a French roast. I'd say like um. Like a light roast. And I thought that was really interesting because most people don't go right for a light roast. That's our enthusiast, right? The That's the middle of the road guy. Yeah, well, I would say that that person probably is being airing more towards the side of humility and is really tasting coffee because you'll get more tones and textures in the lighter roast. Absolutely. Okay, so here is our aficionado. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. El Salvador. Peaberry. <laughs> El Salvador. Oh, so you're actually just a real Queen Bean fan. It doesn't have to be a Queen Bean coffee. I wouldn't be mad at you. It, no, absolutely not being biased at all. I fell in love with that. Uh, the Peaberry has just been, uh, that's that's my uh, that's my jam. That's awesome. That's great to hear. That Peaberry is good. 
Yeah, it is good, right? Yeah, it's a good coffee. We're still in the background questions. And how do you usually prepare your coffee? How do you brew it? Honestly, we're just using uh, the cups now, the, the pods. And do you usually fill them yourself or do you usually buy K-cups? We usually fill them ourselves. Okay, well, I love to hear that as an environmentalist. Make my regular coffee. When you say I make my coffee, you mean in a drip machine? Yes. Unfortunately, I tend to mostly use a Keurig. Oh, that's fine. Do you use the cups that have been pre-made or do you fill your own? Uh, I usually use pre-made cups. Um, I have the beans on my counter and I have um, like a small hand grinder. Mm -hmm. I put the grounds in the French press. Interesting. He's the guy who says he likes lighter roast. Light roast, yep. Well, that's going to be so he likes heavier mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. With probably the slightly deeper, more chocolatey nut notes would be my guess. Because you lose some of the acidity with the French press. Uh, whole bean, grind, uh, medium grind. So, oh, so do you brew on the stove? Do you use a French press? Do you use a drip machine? Drip machine, mostly. And that was our aficionado who's brewing in a drip <laughs> machine. Interesting. Mm-hmm. To you, when you're having a cup of coffee, what defines a good cup of coffee? What are the characteristics of a good cup of coffee? Definitely hot. The hotter, the better. Okay. Uh, Not too bitter. So that was one of our novices, and she says she brews in her Keurig, and hot is one of the defining qualities that she likes. Okay, I think that that could be a lot of things. I don't know how hot the Keurig actually gets. So depending on, I know certain ones don't actually get up to brewing, like what I would consider brewing temperature. Well, exactly. So it could just be she doesn't want it to be lukewarm. Exactly. So this would be a recommendation that comes out of this from me. And I would say if the heat of the cup is important to you, a Keurig wouldn't be your ideal brew method. No, but they, the convenience. They could always heat the cup. Yes, they could preheat the cup. Yeah, that would. Right. That would help. Definitely. That would help. That was my takeaway from that. It's just very interesting. If she defines a good cup of coffee as something that's very hot, she's using a method that doesn't really give the hottest cup of coffee. Or she likes bitter. Interesting. Okay, well, let's go on. Okay. I don't like it to be watered down. I actually want a very strong flavor of coffee. Okay, that's our other novice, which I think she just likes a flavorful cup, yes? I would say probably a little heavier. And here's our aficionado. Okay. I say it's it's got to have balance. Uh, you know, it's got to have a, a good acidity to it. It's got to have a good body to it. It's a wine. You know, it's like it can't be too thin. It can't be too heavy. I just like a good, smooth, easy drinking coffee. Okay. So there's our aficionado is throwing out a lot of those lingo <laughs> terms. Yes. But he seems yes, to yes. really have a grasp on them, I think. He does. Yeah, especially with the, the Salvador Peabody. Yes. It would get that nice spread acidity. It has good body because it's the full bean. So, yes. How do you like to drink your coffee? And you can be as descriptive as possible. If you're going to order your coffee in the store, how do you want to get it back? If you prepare your coffee in the house, how do you like it to be when you drink it? Really just hot with just a barely a drop of milk. Usually almond milk, but it could be soy milk, whole milk, skim milk, but just a, just a drop. I have, obviously, I just make my regular coffee, and then I have a frother, so I will put some milk in there and um, froth up the milk, 
uh, pour the coffee, and then I pour the milk usually on top. I like my coffee with a splash of milk or creamer mm-hmm. and sometimes a drop of sugar. Some sort of type of uh, milk, like usually oat milk. If I don't have that, I'll use almond milk, and I'll froth it up in my frother to get the hot foam, and then I'll pour the coffee over it. It's sort of like a cappuccino boat coffee. Black. You know, my grandfather got me into coffee when I was a kid and, you know, he was in the army and he said, son, he's like, you know, if you're going to drink coffee, the only way to have it is black. Okay. So those are our basic background questions so that we would have an idea of who we were talking to and what their coffee knowledge is. Okay. And I have another thought now on this person who said she likes her coffee hot, which I believe was the second person who also said she puts milk or a little drop of milk or something. It's the first person, the novice. And going to guess they're using a lower fat milk. So milk actually cools coffee down faster, which might be why they said they like hot coffee rather than a creamer or cream, which slows down the cooling process in coffee. So that may be another reason why she said she likes her coffee hot because she may accidentally be cooling it. So that's a great tip. And this is what I was hoping that this interview would bring out from us when we discuss it. Okay. Because somebody else might not think that, right? So if you want your coffee to cool down more slowly, use cream is what you said. Cream, yeah. I would say go with cream. Even half and half will help. You want the extra fat in there because the fat will basically slow down the cooling process. That's anything with fat. I mean, you could use cream or two. I would probably recommend half and half or cream. Okay. Or butter. If you want to add something else, you could add the butter too, which will change the texture. Right, a bulletproof. Yep, you could go bulletproof, which will cut down on some of the, you know, if they're just trying to cut down on uh, I don't find dark coffee or black coffee bitter, but some people do. So if they're trying to cut down on kind of that slight edge that black coffee has, butter would also work. And it will help keep the coffee warmer because of the high fat content. These are amazing tips. And this is where I wanted to go with this. Yeah. So it's ama- It's interesting you just said bitter because bitter comes up a lot when we talked about acidity with our wonderful interviewees. And that's where I went next. So I'm going into a general coffee knowledge question section. So the next questions concern typical things that people talk about when they talk about coffee. So here we go. Okay, so now I'm going to get more onto questions that involve things that people use to describe coffee, okay? Okay. Okay, so when someone is talking about coffee with you and they bring up the concept of acidity, what do you think that means? If they say this coffee is acidic or it has high acidity or low acidity, any idea? I get. I, I don't know if it's right, but I guess that the bitter word that I use would come to mind. So, what do you think it means when, if let's say, if it's high acidity? Honestly, I would think that would mean I don't. I wouldn't like it, but I don't know really. In terms of bitterness. Yes. So you would think if it was high acidity that it would be bitter. Yes. Okay, so that was our first novice or person who considers themselves least knowledgeable about coffee, our first coffee liker. And so let me play our second person who just likes their coffee but doesn't know that much about it. Okay. Not usually, no. Not at all. Okay. No. So then you wouldn't be aware of a difference between an acidic coffee or a non-acidic coffee by the word acid? No. So she doesn't know. That's honest, yes. Yes. So here are our middle range knowledge people, okay? Okay. Yes, I do. Okay. So are you aware of acidity then when you drink your coffee? I am aware of it. And how does acidity represent to you? Uh, Acidity usually 
presents to me as uh, more of a uh, sharp flavor, um, almost like a um, sort of like the tannins in um, wine. Yes. Okay. And our second middle range person. I think I know what I'm refer- what they're referring to. So you're aware of acidity when you drink your coffee? I, I think it's like that bitter sort of acidy taste, like a not like citrus, but like um, I guess I'd say like the bitter taste of it. And our aficionado. That's a good question. Um, I, I would say the brightness of it, and it just kind of lifts the profile. I mean, it just doesn't seem one dimensional. It seems really bright and crisp. If that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Okay. And so then you're aware of the acidity when you drink a coffee. So you really know the difference between a low acidity and a high acidity coffee. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay, that was really interesting. So I think um yes, the aficionado definitely hit on it. Normally, when we describe acidity. We would say that it's crisp or bright or clean. So it's interesting that people associate bitterness with acidity because, and maybe they're just thinking, I'm trying to think like, I don't love orange juice. So that type of acidity would tend to turn me off because I find it tart, not bitter, but everyone's going to kind of interpret that differently. I think this bitter thing, they're using the word bitter in like the way a grapefruit has a slight bitterness to it. So it's sort of more like a tartness. But when you think of bitter in coffee, you think more of that sort of dark feel type. Yeah, you actually can put a squeeze of lemon juice or citrus into your coffee to cut through the bitterness, which is ironic. Right, because it raises the acidity. Yeah, so acidity in coffee is typically very different than I think how we process acidity in other foods or how we speak about it. It's actually a clean, crisp feeling and one of the easiest ways to identify whether or not you have a high or low acidity coffee is if there's an aftertaste. So if there's any kind of aftertaste or lingering taste, it's got lower acidity. A high acidity coffee, it feels like it just sort of disappears from your mouth once you swallow it. It's that gone, you know, you could call it dry, you could call it clean, you could call it bright. So you get that almost like pop of flavor and then it disappears. It would be a very high acid coffee. This is a lot about recognizing what the word means. And I think this comes down a lot to words being misinterpreted. Yeah, well, I think for, for the coffee context, they are. Right. And so that's why this is going to help clear it up. Because high acidity coffee does not denote a bitter coffee. That's the point. Yes, correct. Okay, so I'm going to move on to the next question. Okay. You ready? Yes. What does body mean? For example, if someone says that the coffee has good body, what do you think that means? Maybe a depth of flavor. Oh, that's a good word. Can you relate that to something? What do you think has a depth of flavor? Mm, I don't know. But yeah, just maybe just that it would be a, a satisfying sip of coffee. But yeah, I don't know. So that was our novice. And here is our middle of the road person. Okay. Uh, to me, I would assume it means that it's very flavorful. Not just a strong coffee flavor, but all the other flavors that you know come with it and our second uh, one oh i'm not too sure about that <laughs> okay so he's very honest right yes and here's our aficionado uh it's got a good mouthfeel it, you know it kind of coats the palate and you taste all the different uh it, it's not real thin it just doesn't go over your, your tongue and it just you know you get a good even profile of the coffee and uh it, it's just uh 
you know, it, it's like wine. If it's a, it's a big, bold wine, it's going to be heavy on the palate. You're going to continue to taste it as you drink it. The, uh, the residual, it'll kind of linger. I found that very interesting because I think some people just don't have the words to talk about mouthfeel. I think, yeah, well, I think they actually, I, I think they all kind of, the ones who attempted it gave good responses. Yes. One of the things to remember about coffee is that it can have, body doesn't necessarily mean weight. So you can have a light body, you can have a medium body, or you could have a heavy body. And I think that the Shiando was associating it more with a medium or a heavy body, because often that is a good selling point if you said this coffee has a really nice like full body would probably be most popular phrase when referring to body and coffee or a heavy body like a Sumatra tends to have a heavier body which is going to be that almost velvety texture that you feel in your mouth or as I believe one of the novices said the depth because right. you'll be tasting different layers but then there's some like a yoga chef or something could have a lighter body which is going to feel very elegant and clean on the mouth so when we talk about body it's really literally just how the coffee feels on your tongue so right so it's like the difference between drinking water or a rich hot, hot chocolate. You know, water would be like a light body. I would say it's like a measurement of thickness. If something feels thick or thin on your tongue. Yeah, you could describe it that way too. Yep. So, but they didn't do bad, right? No, they didn't do bad at all. Yeah, but and, and so it's good. So people have an idea of what that word is. And I wonder, you know, I don't know how much of wine drinkers these people are. But I feel like you hear the word body and wine a lot also. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go on to the next question. So what about flavor notes? Like if someone says to you, your coffee tastes like grapefruit, or this coffee mm. has notes of grapefruit, or they say it resembles a Merlot, or something of that caliber. What do you think that means? Yeah, that usually escapes me. I, I don't, I usually can't detect that. Say if the bag would say something like that on it, I'm, I'm not good at putting a label to, you know, or recognizing that that flavor is in there. Are there flavors that would attract you? And there are flavors that would make you not buy the coffee? If it said it tasted like red wine, would that be more attractive or chocolatey or grapefruit or berries or mm -hmm. earthy? Do any of those terms attract you or not attract you? Yeah, earthy would attract me. Chocolate would definitely, I would not um, drink anything. Yeah, probably nothing fruity or chocolatey, I would say no, but more of the earthy or something like that would, yes. Yeah, so I find this interesting just because it doesn't literally taste like chocolate. No, but some of them, like if you drink a Peru cold, I've definitely tasted chocolate notes. So it's given me the same sensation. Yeah, to me, it's a sensation is a good word, but not a literal taste always to me. It's reminiscent of. And I usually get more of the flavor notes through aroma. Yes, no, I've actually gotten them through taste, although I also have these sensory mugs that I use. But I would say that I have tasted chocolate. Like certain coffees I don't like as much. I don't love spice and I don't love milk chocolate. So when it gets too light, that taste, I, it'll turn me off a bit. So... Definitely, me personally, have tasted nutty notes. Yeah, I think it's what you're attuned to. But I'm never even sure if I can separate aroma from literal taste. What I have found is that people are more likely to be able to taste something in a coffee if they dislike it. Interesting. If they like it, it's much harder. Generally, when we get a comment back, if someone can really taste it, it's something they dislike. So that taste or that taste sensation is 
much more pronounce them just because they dislike it. I still think it's good to follow your instincts. So if the flavor note that's in the description, I wouldn't say to never try it, but I would say it's good to follow your instincts. It's like she says she'd be more drawn to an earthy flavor. Yeah, I think that that's how people should definitely approach it. Okay, I'm going to go on our second novice. Okay. Just that it has some, you know, you, you taste the coffee. And for me, I would guess that it means that the, not the aftertaste, but the last part of it, you would taste a little bit of that wine or that, whatever that flavor is that they're saying they're tasting. Like so the aftertaste a little bit. So it's like it's reminiscent of. Yes. Like you make it a note that reminds you this was like a grapefruit. Correct. Okay, I'm going to go on. Um, I have no idea. Really? Okay, so if somebody says this coffee has notes of tangerine, Mm -hmm. does that ring any bells? Like a note of grapefruit or Merlot or spices? Well, yeah, then I would understand that they mean that they either sense that by smell or taste coming from the coffee very lightly. Okay, and the next? Um, I think that means like those little uh, hints of flavor that you get in coffee, like like I'm familiar with like a chocolatey taste or notes, maybe you call it. It's literally the taste of the thing. Like it tastes like chocolate or it reminds you of chocolate or it. I'm trying to understand what you mean. And like a tint of it or sort of like, you know, like a hint of flavor, a but it might not be like the full flavor. Like after you have a sip, you might feel it a little later. Hmm. I really think that he has a good palate. He's very honest. Yeah, he does. Okay, so our aficionado is next to talk about coffee notes, flavor notes. It really depends on, you know, where it's grown. I think because I've tasted so many coffees over the years, you know, you get some typical coffees from Africa that are extremely bright and lemony almost. I think it really, it, it harkens back to the, the, the terroir, where it grows. And I think it's just the profile of the area that it's grown in. It's all about, you know, what people think it tastes like. Our palates are totally, totally different. There's certain things that they might pick up that remind them, hey, you know, I, I just had this grapefruit. Man, it was kind of bitter. Kind of give me that, that face. He went very technical. Yes. And didn't really talk about what the flavor notes meant to him. But what he said wasn't incorrect because the coffee's profile is dependent on where it grows and what's in yes. the soil around it. Yes, he did go more technical. What I got was he was saying that you can taste essentially what grows with the coffee in the soil that it grows in and so that is i would i'd say that that's accurate yeah no very technical you know it was more like a general answer of why the notes are in the coffee so so my thing with to you would be like how would you say to someone that they would pick up the coffee notes so they could pick it up either through aromatics or through taste and i would say it's going to change though as coffee cools Different notes emerge as more dominant. Different notes will be more dominant depending on where the coffee hits in your mouth. Aroma will actually weaken as the coffee cools. So if you had a strong sensation at the beginning, that may actually change and you'll taste different things. While that process of sipping the coffee, so it's going from your nose, you take your cup down, you're swallowing. You could taste an array of different flavor notes just in that four seconds or however long it takes you to take a sip of coffee. Different coffees have different characters. Some coffees have really prominent flavor notes where you really do kind of get that Merlot or that Cabernet sensation at the very end 
or, you know, with me often, I will taste a chocolate, like a dark chocolate in the Peru. Just a hint. It's not going to taste like I'm having hot chocolate, but I definitely get chocolate notes. In Sumatra, the honey processed coffee, so our woolly, I definitely taste honey. Like I could hold my nose and I'll still, I love honey though. I'll taste it. But for darker ones, I'll taste a lot of spice. And I can't identify them because I don't eat a lot of spice, but I definitely taste it because it makes me pull back. Because in Peru, I pull out vanilla. There's vanilla in there as well. And But we have very different palates, so that doesn't surprise me that we would taste slightly different things as being the more dominant. It's wonderful that you taste the honey in the honey processed coffee. Yeah, it's sweet. I like honey, but not all honey. The woolly rhino is interesting to me because it's almost too... I don't want to say smooth. There's not enough spicy notes in it for me. Well, you like spice more than I do. Right. So I think that, yeah, it just goes down to different palates. So even if, I think it's a great example that if two people are sitting there sipping the same coffee, if we each come up with 10 different notes that we are either smelling or tasting, I would say probably five are going to overlap, but then five might be unique to us because we have different palates and we're attuned to different things and we have different likes and dislikes, which will highlight more as we're tasting the coffee. Right. And you said something earlier, which I think is really true, that if we pick up something we don't like, that's going to stick out more to us. Most often when people complain or they'll pull back from a coffee and make a face, it's because they are picking up on a flavor that they dislike. So there's one coffee that I absolutely love that has natural strong notes of cinnamon. I never even notice the cinnamon notes in the coffee, but I do love cinnamon. We gave it to someone who came in to the shop the other day. They took one sip and they literally pulled their head back like, well, like it, it's like I get, it tastes like cinnamon. I couldn't, I, I was sitting there trying to cool the coffee and taste it. I love cinnamon. I couldn't taste it, but I love the coffee. They immediately picked up on cinnamon and there are cinnamon notes in there, but to me, they're incredibly faint, but that stood out to them so much they couldn't drink the coffee. That is a fantastic, fantastic example of how your palate picks up different flavors. Yeah, and more often I found is that the ones that people have strong reaction to are notes or flavors that they dislike, that they're getting even the smallest hint of. Was that a Yerga Chef or Sulawesi? Um, It was a Yerga Chef. Yeah, I love, and I love it. Yeah, I love Yerga Chef, so. I have um, a few more questions in this series. I would say that all the questions go together, but these are more like tasting note questions that we've been doing right now. So let me go on to the next question. So if someone says to you that this cup of coffee is complex, what would that make you think of? Hmm. It's a complex cup. I don't know. That's fine. Yeah. So our other novice is coming up. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, it's a difficult question. (laughs) I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) She's really cute. (laughs) I think that's fair. I mean, if you ask me... I don't know what I don't drink a lot of. If you like handed me matcha and said it's this complex, I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to look for. Right. No. And, and I get it. That's fair. Yeah. It's a more advanced. It is a, definitely a more advanced question. Yeah. Uh, I think it's someone who's probably very uh, attuned to their coffee and is, is recognizing all the different flavors that they can sense. Well, that is a nice answer, Andrew, that right? Is. And here's our other middle of the road guy. Mm, I'm not sure. And our aficionado, of course. 
Well, it just goes to the the profile of it. It's an amazing nose. You know, there's multiple stages of what notes you're getting on the the aroma of it, the taste of it, the finish of it. It's three-dimensional almost. There you go. Okay. I mean, that's a pretty good answer for what's complex. I think it is. And three, I've never heard three-dimensional, but that does make sense because what you're getting are, it's like counterpoint in music where you're getting different contrasting it somehow still complementary notes hitting simultaneously or in succession so it creates a very interesting cup where you can't you, you almost have to concentrate on it to fully break it down and understand what you're drinking because there's so many different aromatics and flavor components in a coffee right over 750 right and then or roasting <laughs> does different things intensifies or lessens certain things yes so if you can taste a multitude of those at once, it's a complex cup. Yes. Yeah, I thought those were good. I mean, that's a hard question. Right? Yeah. Well, these these last two were pretty hard. So here is my other term that I considered a little bit hard or not as frequently used. If someone says that it has a, a round, it's a round drink, does that mean huh. anything to you? No. <laughs> well, I actually said, or it, it has a round finish or it's round or this coffee is round when it's drunk. And so our first no- novice said no. Nope. That's our second novice. I would just assume that they mean it's a uh, satisfying um, taste to them. That, um, you know, it's, it, it covers all the flavors they would expect. Are in our second mid? It's in a mug. No. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> My favorite answer by far. It's world in a circle. Yes, that's cute. And our aficionado. I think it's, it, like I said, it's that 3D. It's It's got the acidity. It's got a, you know, a good body. It's got a good finish. Right. So the word that he didn't come to is balanced, right? Right. Normally round is, ba- well, when we, round can be a lot of things, but we would normally say that it's balanced or it doesn't have anything rough. There's no like jarring edge. Sometimes when you drink a coffee, there's a distinct, kind of takes you on a little journey and drops off. Right. So that could be with bitterness. It could be acidity. It could be anything. There, it's just a little bit strong. I would say often bold coffees tend to have at some point that little like a kick, and it drops off a little. But you can have a bold, balanced around coffee. It's, it's, but generally, it's what we would say is there's like there's just no sharp edge. It's a very smooth coffee with very easy transitions between notes and very very balanced between your upper notes, your lower notes. You know, balanced mouthfeel. Balance, definitely, and Balance, the, no acidic or bitter notes that stand out. Yes. But I think that's a good, t- a good way to stop part one of my interview. I think that is a good idea because we covered a lot of information today. And if I were listening, I might begin to get a brain freeze right now, especially if I was trying to hold that information to go test it out on my coffee, you know, the next cup I had. So I think this is a good place to, to break, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. So this concludes. Uh, this episode of Coffee with the Queen. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you turn back in next week to hear part two of Cindy on the Street. If you like this podcast, please let us know by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and if you have any feedback or topics you'd like to discuss, we'd really love to hear them. Please email us at infowiththequeenbean.com, and finally, to learn more about our coffee, please visit our website, thequeenbean.com. Hope to see you next week. See you next time, guys. Bye-bye.